Hello everybody and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 229 with our review of After Earth. I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Carson Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week on the show, Carson Patrick and I are going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases hitting a theater near you. Each week you're going to get a couple different episodes, uh, as many reviews as we can bring to you that, that week. Uh, this week we have this review of After Earth and also a review of Now You See Me. And uh, yeah, so I guess uh, we should probably start with a little bit of housekeeping and just uh, as people may have noticed from last week's reviews, um, little intro, the intro to the shows, I didn't mention uh, trailer talk or what we've been watching segments and uh, that is mostly because for the meantime we're gonna be scaling back and not putting out those separate episodes uh, just because the podcast has been uh, becoming more and more uh, time consuming and stuff like that and I need to scale back uh, to make some time for some other projects that I'm working on and uh, some different different things that I'm doing and just kind of clear off my plate a little bit in general so we're scaling back and we're just doing out um, these reviews for you but uh, we will from time to time be throwing in little conversations about other things at the beginning of the episodes like I know Carson you said you wanted to mention um, a trailer for something right oh yeah so do you want to do that <laughs> oh I thought you were just saying this as an example well I mean I'm just we, we can go right into it or not I mean I'm, I'm just letting everybody know that uh we're going to be kind of hunkering down and doing just our review episodes as, uh, you know, for the foreseeable future. And uh, we'll see how things go. If things clear up, maybe we might return. Every once in a while, we might throw in some special extra episodes where we do whatever we're going to do. But for the most part, you can just expect uh, as many reviews as we can fit in each week. Um, which is, you know, it, it's the meat and potatoes of what this podcast was anyways. So hopefully... That doesn't leave anybody high and dry. Everybody might be happy with that. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be doing that. But anyways. Basically, you can expect us to talk about other things besides the weather or uh, whatever we try and scramble to come up with at the beginning. Yeah, weather, bugs. Bugs. Uh, sweatiness. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. The the usual. But yeah, so uh, I, I, you messaged me... Um, earlier and you said dude we gotta talk about uh, the prisoners trailer oh right um, yeah which is the, the other uh, day which uh i i at the time you messaged me and said we should talk about it i watched it online but of course naturally this weekend when i went to see uh now you see me they actually played the trailer so i got to see it in the oh theater too. i didn't get to see it in front of now you see me oh so you you've, you've only seen it online yeah but uh yeah <laughs> i don't know what i was gonna say <laughs> Well, what, what what specifically made you want to? Uh, to well, bring it up? prisoners was uh, yeah, this was one that uh, kind of heard about uh, that it was coming out. It's been in development for a really really long time, but I guess it's a script that everyone really liked, so All right. it stayed around. Um, but uh, I guess it finally got made, and uh, I, I kind of forgot it was still coming out. And then they dropped the trailer like earlier this week, and I was like, oh yeah, the prisoners movie. And uh, it looks pretty badass. Like, I think it looks pretty awesome. Uh, I like seeing Hugh Jackman in a role that looks like it's up to his commitment. Yeah. Because I feel like he he gets stuck in these sort of average films. Um, but he's, like, really good in them. But then the movie isn't up to his level of commitment. 
It's just like you see him in something like Real Steel, and he's giving it like a hundred percent, and then the movie's not. Yeah, I, and... actually, I actually had a little fun with Real Steel, but that's just me. Yeah, but I mean, you know what I mean. Like, I feel like he's he gets stuck in like a lot of these kind of ho hum movies. Um, but anyway, like I just think the uh, the concept of it of it all looks uh, I don't know, looks kind of standard, but just the way it's presented and. Uh, the look of it looks pretty awesome. It looks very dark and gritty and uh, Hugh Jackman's kind of having his own uh, mystic river moment there <laughs> in the trailer. my daughter in there. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I mean, when you've got Jake Gyllenhaal playing uh, a detective named Loki, how can you say no? <laughs> it is funny that like, you know, we, we've got, I, uh, first of all, I, do you think that Paul Dano's sort of been typecast in like this creepy or problem? <laughs> he's starting to get more like creepy roles, yeah. Like, I mean, he's definitely done some like super creepy roles, and then he's done some roles where he's not creepy, but he definitely has mental issues. So he's it, just a like horrible character. Yeah, he just he just looks like he could be up to no good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, like his character in Looper wasn't exactly a villain, but he was just a weird dude. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think I think that was his most normal type of of a role that he's played as his because even in like there will be blood like he was again he wasn't a villain he's just like a sniveling little little shit well i think i think my first real introduction to him as far as like a movie where he spent a lot of time as a main character he was what he was in taking lives right was he wasn't he i don't remember that i thought maybe not i thought he was the one that was the the creepy guy could have been i don't know I'm looking it up. Taking Lives was Angelina Jolie and uh, Ethan Hawke. Yeah, I thought I could have sworn he played the, the yeah, Paul Dano. Yeah, he plays the young, he, he plays the kid that like kicks the other kid out in front of the SUV as it's driving to take his identity. Oh, yeah, I vaguely remember that. So it's like watching this movie. I just had flash, flash uh, watching the trailer for this. I had flashback. Basically, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm seeing Hugh Jackman. I'm having flashbacks to Mystic River, even though he wasn't in that. I'm seeing Paul Dano. I'm having flashbacks to Taking Lives. I'm seeing Jake Gyllenhaal. I'm having I'm having take uh, flashbacks to Zodiac. Like it's just yeah, it's, cause it, yeah. There's look like there's a there's a lot more to Jake Gyllenhaal's character, just uh, based on the trailer. Yeah, he he doesn't seem to be that good of a cop. <laughs> like he doesn't like not in terms of like how he does his job, but in terms of like he doesn't seem to be. He seems to be a little corrupted. Well, he's a he's a detective, right? Not a straight cop. Yeah. Well, whatever law enforcement that he's working for, he does. He seems he's a little corrupted. The other thing too is I noticed there's a couple shots in the trailer where he's got some weird tats, like on his yeah. Neck that's all. He looks like he's got some Eastern Promises yeah, so style tattoos going on. I'm curious exactly what's going to happen. Like, what is his deal? Like, what the story is be- behind his character? Yeah, I don't like. Maybe he went undercover as uh, a gang member or something. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Either way, the fi- the film looks uh, definitely looks interesting. I'm excited to see how it goes. I don't know if it's just a weird um, thing, but Paul Dano, Terrence Howard, and Melissa Leo all they don't have character names listed next to their characters in, on IMDb yet. Yet, so I don't know if like that's you know something that's gonna be important later on. I'd say that's pretty standard. Well, just everybody else has has their names there. Just it's just weird that I don't know. Especially considering you got like 
a suspect, <laughs> a suspect who is, you know, possibly a really bad dude. And you have, you know, uh, you know, parents of kids who have suddenly gone missing. It's like, why do they not have names next to their characters? I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. I just, just, just an observation. <laughs> I think it's too far out All right. for them to have character names yet. Oh, actually, it just got updated. It says Paul Dano rumored as Khan. <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, little little Star Trek joke. Is that from you. like two years ago? <laughs> no, it was, it was a Star Trek joke. Oh, okay. Remember IMDb for a while said rumored as Khan next to a no. certain actor's name? No, I, do, I don't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, that that was from like the very beginning when Benicio Del Toro was announced that he was going to be in it. <laughs> right. Anyways, <laughs> uh, we're not here to talk about Benicio Del Toro or... Uh, prisoners. I mean, we we were for a second, but uh, we're actually here to talk about After Earth. We're here to talk about taking lives. Late, latest, yeah, taking the lives of people watching the movie. Um, <laughs> so here we have After Earth. This is the the big project from Will Smith and family. Will yeah, Smith. Will Smith, the Smith family. <laughs> Will Smith and company, and uh, yeah. directed by M Night Shyamalan. Uh, yeah, Will Smith personally hired him for this movie. Did, did he, like, actively seek him out? It wasn't just like he had a, a short list of directors and was like, oh, how about M. Night? That's what I heard. I heard that he personally uh, sought him out and was like, hey, I want you to direct this movie. And M. Night was probably like, yes, I will <laughs> gladly do that since my last movie bombed. <laughs> my last couple films haven't been great with the critics. Yeah, I don't... I I. That's actually one thing that I'm I'm curious about because obviously and we'll get to we'll get into this more in the review but there's certain um I'll just say thematic elements of this film that uh relate heavily to you know thematic elements in other M Night Shyamalan pictures and yeah. I know that Will Smith has a story writing credit for this film um so I don't know how much of that aspect of the themes of the film pre-existed before um, the other people came in and did their their rewrites of the script. Um, yeah, I, all I, I heard was that Will Smith read some story about a father and a son who crash landed uh, in a plane, and then they survived. I don't know where, but then he read that and re envisioned it as a sci fi story. Yeah, and he's like, "This will be great for me and me and Jaden." And yep. then that's so that's why he has a story credit. And then someone else wrote the script. And then and when M Night came on, he rewrote the script that was already there. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I I definitely was under the assumption that you know the father son dynamic was the main part that um, yeah. Will Smith is really concerned with. But I mean, obviously the the themes of Earth and why we had to leave Earth. I'm yeah. Like it just feels very much M. Night Shyamalan-y. Cause, I mean, that, that's very yeah. much his wheelhouse and what, what he kind of cares about um, as underlining themes for... Yeah, that's probably something he brought to the story, Yeah, I'd imagine. All right, well, uh, what do you say we take a look at the trailer for After Earth and then uh, just, you know, stop beating around the bush and Let's get into it. Let's crash land into it. <laughs> uh, just make sure that uh, we crash land in one piece and that the tail section doesn't split off. And then no, we have to that's go always bad. In search of a beacon. All right, let's look at the trailer. In the field, you are emotionally unpredictable. You confuse courage with recklessness. I'm not 
advancing you. You have a son that you do not know. He's reaching for you, and he does not need a commanding officer. He needs a father. Now go make some good memories together. section of our ship approximately 100 kilometers from here we need to retrieve that beacon what are we going to die the temperatures on this planet fluctuate dangerously everything has evolved to kill humans together we will survive i hear something i'm tracking a life form moving toward you 50 meters, 20, 10. It has found you. We must abort this mission. You wouldn't give any other ranger that order. You are not a ranger. You are my son. Remember, danger is very real, but fear is a choice. If we are going to survive this, we fight. All right, so a thousand years ago, we had to leave Earth, and we now live on some other planet. And Will Smith is this badass leader of uh, these military forces for whatever this planet is. And uh, one day, while traveling to his next mission with the sun, he and or you know they encounter this storm, space storm, and causes their ship to crash on this planet, which just so happens to be the class whatever uh, quarantined planet that was once known as Earth. And uh, Will Smith hurt in the wreckage, has to send out his son to uh, go find the tail section of the plane, which has a beacon which will allow them to hopefully call and get a rescue. And uh, he has to sit at a computer terminal and guide his son through the wicked wilderness as it tries to eat him alive. So, Carson, what did you think of this film? You know, um, there was, uh, I mean... I think people who've listened know we've talked about the trailer a lot. I was not very hopeful for it. I don't think we both were. No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, and then leading up to it, to the release this week, I was like, it's really weird that there have been no reviews out yet for After Earth. Like, there's been no buzz. And then, like, a day before they all kept they all came in it was like rating f and just like lots of f's and and like 13 percent on rotten tomatoes like oh it's gonna be rough so then i went and saw it and like honestly it was not as bad 
as I thought it was going to be. Like, it was, I don't think it's F status. Like, I, I truly don't. Like, I think it's pro- maybe like like a C minus or a C. Like, I, I, I honestly don't think it's, it's an F status. Like, the host, that was an F status. Like, this is much better than something like the host uh, in terms of, like, sci-fi-ness. Uh, way, way better. Uh, pro- also, uh, you know, more uh, competently made than something like the host. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I don't think it's, uh, I don't think it's good. Like, I, I think that the story is very weak. I think that, uh, the, you know, the father son dynamic, you know, that's something we've seen a lot before and, um, you know, it does, doesn't really break new ground here. And, uh, there's a lot of stuff involving earth in terms of how, you know, Will Smith talks about how earth is now this like really hostile place and you know you better watch out because it'll try and kill you any chance it gets yeah you know the creatures have evolved um and i i didn't get the feeling that earth was that bad like i i was like yeah it's got some some big creatures but Dude, it's got it, it's got gandalf eagles and baboons i mean that's <laughs> that's really that's, yeah that's like, hostile I, territory yeah yeah, it really didn't feel like it was that bad. And, you know, the, the temperatures fluctuate rapidly. Um, but, you know, if you get to these conveniently placed hotspots, you're okay. Well, I mean, th- there are hotspots in the world. You know, the planet's got yeah, geothermal activity Yeah, but activity I mean, you know, they, they got around it. It could have just been like, no. Like, at night, the Earth turns into this frozen tundra. And if you're not adapted to the cold, you will die. Yeah. You know, they may, look, Will Smith played it up like... Yeah, like the rivers are lava, and there's giant beasts that will kill you at every turn, and there's sharks in the water. Like, just cra- <laughs> he made it sound like it was going to be crazy, and it really didn't seem that bad. Um, so like there were, you know, I mean, there, there any- weren't talking apes, so at least there's that. No, no, of course not. I mean, anytime like Jaden was out, you know, in danger, I didn't really get the sense that he was in danger. Um, also, I mean, no offense, but Jaden is not Will. Like, I, I, I don't think he is a terrible actor, but when it came to some of the dramatic moments, it was weird. Like, that scene where he's getting really angry, like, in the trailer, like, you would not give that cadet any yeah. other order. Like, that <laughs> you scene You would not where give any other ranger that order. Yeah, any other ranger, whatever. And he's, like, freaking out at, at his dad. And he's got that whole like crying bit. Yeah. Like, it was weird because and he it tries went to commit suicide. <laughs> when it was <laughs> what? And then immediately he tries to commit suicide. Yeah, and then immediately he jumps off the which, cliff. He's which like, is just real fast for everybody. I'm, I'm I'm joking for those of you who haven't seen the no, movie. No, no, he take he took a leap of faith. Yeah, you can see yeah. in the trailer he he dons a squirrel suit moments after that scene. So I was joking. Yeah, that yeah. He's like, I hate you, Dad, and then jumps off a cliff. But really, yeah, he's like, I'm gonna show you, I got courage. Um. But yeah, like that scene, it was kind of just like, uh, like it, like it, there'd be a couple seconds where we're like, oh, it's, that's pretty good. And they're like, no. And it's like, oh, it's okay. And then, uh, like it, it fluctuated. It was weird. And like, it didn't help that their, you know, bizarre Southern accents came and went I don't really even, hardcore. I don't even think those were supposed to be Southern accents. It just felt like they were like. Yeah, whatever kind of accent they were doing, space accent, I don't know. It was like, it was like devoid of a mode. It was like Android robot. Yeah, I don't know, because it was like everybody talked kind of in that robotic speech. Well, his his son was speaking as though he he like had just learned English. 
I don't know what it was, but his yeah, it was weird. Like in the beginning when he's talking to uh, Aaron from Twenty Four, <laughs> exactly. and it's just like my father is Cipher Rage. Like it was just weird. Yeah, yeah. It was. I was like, I I was flat out laughing in the theater during his little uh, tirade that he gives to Aaron from Twenty Four. Yeah. Honestly, dude, he was the one who sold it the accent the most. Was Aaron for twenty four? Like, you know, I was like, wow, he's actually got he's on top of it. You know, any other time people were talking, it was like, it was either they were just like a low, like hush hush tone, and then it would like occasionally show up. It it was just weird. Like, I'm kind of glad they didn't explain it though, because I think that would have just been weird. Yeah, well, I mean, in thousands of years since we left Earth, accents, I'm sure, got yeah. all screwy. We talk differently, so. Um, and we also have bizarre names, too, that yeah, it's I, just, yeah. I have no idea why the name choices were what they were for this movie. Like, Cypher Rage, that's a pretty badass name, but Katai Rage, nah. <laughs> and then, like, like, his daughter, like, Zoe Kravitz, was like, Shinshi and... His wife, I was just like, Fa-ia what did or something? Yeah. His wife was like, something. I had a, On IMDb, I looked it up, and I was like, that is not how I would spell it. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was something weird. Um, but, uh, I mean, you know, good on them for trying to, like, come up with their own sort of world and, like, their own, like, speech and names and things like that. Like, I, I think there's... There are elements of good sci-fi in this movie. Like, I think if in a better movie, like this could have been pretty awesome. Like the some of the um, some of the designs, like on the ship and like on the homeworld, were interesting. And uh, really, like up until they crash landed on Earth, I was kind of on board with it. I was like, oh, okay, like this is you know interesting. Like it, it's it's got a nice pace to it. Like it's not. Uh, it's not in your face or anything. Um, I, I mean, this movie is, you know, as we've said, it's M. Night. He directed it. Um, he was kind of a gun for hire on it. And, uh, you know, like, he's gotten crapped on so much the past, you know, years or so. And, uh, I mean, I will say this is this is light years better than Last Airbender or The Happening. Uh, I think we can agree on that. Yeah. Um, but well, you know what? I, I still think that M Knight has skills. Like I think he has, I really like the way he uses sound and silence, like especially, uh, the opening of this movie. Um, th- there are just certain moments that he really knows how to capture, uh, silence really well. And, and you, the, the utilization of certain sounds, uh, for either tension or, you know, like obviously in his earlier films for scares, but uh, I think you know, and when he's got that that slow burn pace going, like it's worked well in his earlier films, and I think it works well here. It's just there's a, but there's like a there's like a weird sensation because half the time I felt like this movie just would have played a heck of a lot better if there was no dialogue. Or very little of it. I, I think it would have been uh, a lot more interesting. Um, just kind of, kind of this like weird meditative, uh, like almost Terrence Malick esque 
sci-fi-ness going on. Like, I think it would have benefited from that. But, um, yeah, because there's a, there's a lot of moments where I was just kind of like, yeah, like, I, I think this would play better without anything. Um, also, the... It, it was so strange because, again, like, everything before they crash land on Earth looks pretty decent. But then once they get on Earth, these, like, you know, big-ass baboons and eagles, everything looks fake all of a sudden. It's like they're in, uh, like, some kind of video game. Like, I don't know. Like, when Jaden was stuck in that big eagle's nest, I just – I thought of, like, Animorphs or something. I, I don't know. Like, I, it just didn't look – it didn't gel right. Like, it looked really fake and – and that the big creature, the Ursas, was just really ugly and yeah. Well, I think I honestly, in the Ursa flashback scene, is the only time in this entire film that I thought it looked good. And yeah, I think no, that, when he like, I think it's because the end, it didn't look good. I think it's because that like in that flashback, it's told almost like in a surveillance style, um, kind of like the beginning of the trailer for uh, White House Down. Where like yeah, it's like really quick and kind of grainy. Yeah, it's quick and it's as, as if you're looking at footage being displayed to you on a monitor. Um, and that like really that scene in and of itself is really the only part of this film that uh, I thought was even closely related to any kind of passable sci-fi at all. Uh, like to me, the best part of this film is the, the the on paper concept of both the suit and the weapon that the Rangers carry. Um, everything outside of that, I think, is kind of just rubbish. Like you know, like you usually on the show, I'm saying that Carson is is too hard on the film. Not not not, not usually, but the last few reviews, I have been saying like, oh, I think Carson was too hard on this part of the thing, and then like trying to like defend it in some way. This time, I think Carson's being a little too soft because. I thought this film was like awfully terrible. Like from the moment it started, I was like, "Oh, this is bad," and I want to get the hell out of here. Like, I mean, I see that's the kind of reaction I had to something like Fast and Furious Six. Like I, I was way more uh, invested in this than that movie. But see, like I mean, we don't have to get back and retread our Fast and the Furious uh, discussions. But like in this, like first of all. The 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 performance of the the performance of the dialogue being acted, um, I, I think I might have mentioned something on in, in an old episode. But like when you watch a foreign film, like when I remember watching a foreign film, I hear the dialogue in English. But sometimes the coolness or the legit feeling you get from a line of dialogue spoken in another language and then reading the translation of that it works better than if they were speaking those words just in English. Like, if you translate a foreign film to to an English film, you have to rewrite the dialogue so that it feels English. So it doesn't feel like broken English being translated in a way. Like, sometimes when you read, like, if I'm watching, like, an anime or something and I read, some, I, I read a line of dialogue, things can be written cheesy, but in the context of that moment and because you're hearing it in Japanese or something and then reading the text in English, like, it, it works totally fine. But if characters were standing in an English-speaking film and just uttered those lines of dialogue with that monotone, like, uh, cadence and just with no real, in, like, interesting inflection at all, it would just feel like a really cheesy, dumb line. Like, this entire film felt like we had we were listening to a transposed script from some other language 
And we were kind of like, <laughs> like it, it, it literally felt like I was, the actors were reading the subtitles for the film they were in to us and they just couldn't afford to put the subtitles in the movie. Like there, like it was, it felt really bad and really just, um, I, I don't know what it was. Just every character as they spoke, I was just like, what the hell is going on? Is this like your first read? Like I've heard rumors that like when uh, Clint Eastwood does his movies, he's kind of like, okay, cool, we got that shot, and just goes on. He doesn't do multiple takes. He doesn't care. Like it yeah, felt he's like, like a one take kind of. Yeah, guy. It, it felt like M Night was like, yep, we got it. And it was like, oh, I thought that was a practice. I didn't even know you had film like filming the camera. Oh, we're done. Okay, cool. Like it, it, it just every ounce of of what I'm experiencing as I watch this movie just seemed really just terrible. Like nobody. The lines were just delivered really stilted. The conversation, I mean, I know that Will Smith was kind of, he, he was either trying himself or <laughs> he being. He was like kind of drugged. Well, he, like he, he was being directed to kind of be like, I mean, because he is this, this, this like top general ranger guy and he is a, he, he's like one of the first guys who learned how to ghost or whatever. And he, like, <laughs> yeah. he, he's sort of supposed to be detached from his own emotions. So for right. him to act that way. I, I can sort of buy into it and go, okay, I understand that's his character. He's sort of detached. His wife's telling him to not be so detached. He's been away from his son. He doesn't know how to act. He's so like intrinsically militarized in his personality that it's hard for him to respond as a father to his son. And he's just very just stilted and he's very subdued. Yeah. Like, like I, I, I understand that, but it still doesn't come off as like an authentic experience. It, it just feels like a weird, it just the entire thing just, felt off and anytime anybody was speaking it just felt really just like okay i get it like i don't know just something about those interactions especially in a film that's completely carried by one character talking to another character um and the other one like a high-ranking official talking to a non-ranked individual who happens (laughs) to also be his son like there's just that dynamic doesn't work as well. I mean, if you compare it to, you know, like a few weeks ago when we reviewed Oblivion, you have the exact same situation. You have a person back in a room sitting in front of a console directing an individual who's going out. But those two people are just inherently more interesting. I mean, obviously Tom Cruise is going to be interesting in whatever role he plays, but you know, his, his, well, Oblivion is just, a better movie in general. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 literally no contest. Um, Oblivion. Yeah, I mean, there is no contest, but I'm I just, I think it would be weirder if only Will Smith was talking in this weird, subdued, uh, voice and everything, and everyone else was normal. Like, oh. I think it was easier to swallow that everyone in the movie had this like indiscernible accent and talked the same way. But like if if he would have stood out more if the other people didn't, but it wouldn't have been like oh you too oh you too oh you too like it just it, I don't know it just really really bugged me like I couldn't the entire movie I couldn't like get out of that feeling of like oh this is so grating on me and then like and and, and that's you know like obviously I've been saying a lot about that right now and but that's not even the main thing like you said that that there was some interesting sci-fi ideas that they had in this film that like in a better movie that dealt with the same sort of scenario that, that interesting things could have come about it. I think I'm just talking about like the designs of certain things and whatnot. Yeah. Like my, my favorite, I think I already said this, but my favorite thing about the, the film is just the suit that the Rangers wear and their, and their weapon, Yeah, but everything else like the, like it's, it feels so 
un-sci-fi to me. It, it feels like a person who doesn't watch sci-fi writing a sci-fi script. Like all Yeah, the no, thing- no, I'm not saying it's good sci-fi. I mean, I just think there are... I think it could have been good sci-fi if they had used some of these design elements in a much stronger picture. Like I... Like something about like the design of the ship was interesting, like stuff like that. Not the movie as a whole, no. Yeah, but I'm I'm specifically still like talking about dialogue in in this movie. Like when 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 Will Smith gets out of his chair and goes up to the cockpit and he's like, "Hey, I I detected whatever like reverberations in the hull of the ship, and that must yeah. mean that blah blah blah." And see, like you know, twenty four light years over there you know we're, we're gonna hit this big ass asteroid yeah like field. Th- this one storm could blah 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 and they're like oh well the degree of blah 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 is rising up oh, it's going down how how often are you right sir like there, there's just it, in, at no point in this film <laughs> from the two pilots that are like 12 like in no point in this film do i feel like the universe they're talking about it exists at all like it's not like i mean i mean there, there's there's no I don't know. I I just don't get the feeling that anything they're talking about is anything other than like Laura Mipsum text that was just like sprawled on the, into the script, and they're just like, okay, just give me another made up word so I can say that as I point to a, a part of the console. Like it just it doesn't feel like the people writing the story have any idea what the hell they're talking about. It just seems like they're like, give me some sciency sounding space terminology, and uh, we'll call it a day. It's like, it's not good world building. Yeah, I mean, none of it is, and it's just it's and like, that's really I, I was I was talking to a couple of different people when this film was first coming out, and like like there there are like you know before it came out, and and one of the things they were talking about is like oh like it it's it seemed to them that it was weird that uh, that the fact that this takes place on Earth wasn't like a big reveal towards the end of the film. Um, yeah. Like why we're starting with that premise, and it's like it's like well they're not really going for that being a surprise, and obviously the film start like literally the first line of dialogue in the film is like Earth blah 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 like you know it's like this 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 bit of line about what happened Earth and like going yeah. to the film I was like they gotta explain why we left Earth and it's like they come up with this thing like okay well you know we get the M light storyline of like you know like oh we were crappy to our planet so we had to leave it. But then there's also like a secondary story of these this whole Ursa, Ursa thing um, and these Ursa creatures. Yeah. And it's like these creatures that were inhabiting the planet that they colonized and were pissed because it's like, yo, this is our planet. It's just there, there's too many like so you have you have the Earth threat like we're trapped on Earth um, and everything here can kill you. But then they brought along a Ursa just just because they needed like the planet wasn't deadly enough. Let's throw this other thing on there. Like, it, it just feels like they didn't know which way they wanted to go as far as, like, what is going to be the big threat. It was like, oh, we've come up with baboons and, like, weird eagle hawk things. And now... Um, what See, that's, gonna... what I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like, for... In the, in the beginning, they made it sound like, you know, the Earth was just ravaged by, you know, waste and you know, decay. And I'm assuming that this is, you know, thousands and thousands of years later, the earth will have, you know, eventually kind of gone back to like how it was. Well, it's supposed to be exactly a thousand years. Yeah. So like, it, you know, it would have grown over and there would be a like green back in the earth, but I don't know. Yeah. It just, again, it didn't seem very hostile. And then the other thing too, that really bugged me is like, so it's earth. 
and it's been growing with plants for a thousand years, but somehow the air has to be to- like they they wanted to create a scenario in which air would be toxic. Yeah. But they then then they're gonna get around that by creating this device that you can like squirt into your lungs that lets you breathe Earth's atmosphere for a duration of time. Like why didn't they just have like any other sci-fi film would have you have a normal spacesuit and that would have a limited supply of air. Instead, they're like, well, the air is breathable. Just there's not enough oxygen for you to breathe. So you have to like squirt this crap into your lungs that makes you better able to pull oxygen out of the air that you can't like. It just seemed like they were trying to add this extra stuff in that didn't like it. it, They were adding complexity to stuff that didn't like the addition of those things only added for more uh, artificial tension. It didn't actually add to the story or the, the world building at all. It was just like, oh, here's another mechanic that we need to like, let's invent this thing that he has to carry six of. And what would happen if two of them broke? Like, you know, it's like I mean, yeah, this is like this is like script screenwriting one hundred and one. It just it just didn't feel like, like nothing they added to the story really improved anything. It just brought up questions of like, why the hell are they doing that, and what is the point? To me, really, this movie is about uh, it's really the cinematic equivalent of trying to explain to your grandparents how a computer works. Because the entire time we got Big Willie, he's stuck on the ship and he's just looking at this computer screen and seeing his son who's inexperienced going around. And you know in his head he's just like, just take a damn knee. Like, you know, he he keeps all his frustration, you know, uh, he he keeps calm the whole time. But, you know, it's just like, just just let me do it. Just stand up and let me do it. I'll open word for you. (laughs) <laughs> you know it's Move. Just, it's, it, i got this it kind of feels like that yeah i mean well what's funny you know i earlier i said i was writing something down um so that i can remember to bring it up and this is like the best time of any um i tried to improve this film in my own head by uh making this film a metaphor for will smith and his son's relationship and mm-hmm. that like you know, Will Smith's character is this awesome super captain of the you know, of the Rangers, and he is like the most awesome guy who can ghost better than anybody else can. Um, and his son really wants to be him, but he just is really terrible and can't even really. He can't ghost. He, yeah, he can't ghost. He can't be a ranger. He can't really do anything. Um, and if you look at them in real life, like Will Smith is, you know, he's he's a big name Hollywood actor. Like he's he's a big guy. He puts people into seats. Um, he can, can like he can draw a crowd. He usually possibly does. the most the biggest actor in the world. Yeah, like he's he's just huge. Um, and he's has been for a really long time. And uh, his son is growing up in the shadow of his father, and he wants to be a big actor. But so far, he's only got little films. So like it feels like like just like in this, this is a scenario in which his son has to carry the adventure and go out and try to arrive at the tail section, being guided by his father. This is his first chance to really try to carry a, a, what presumably was attempted to be an expensive um, film by a director who's at least has some people know this director. <laughs> um, you right. know, people aren't always excited about his, his work at, anymore as they were back in that time. But it's like it's almost like this metaphor for like this is uh, like this is Jaden Smith's like chance to go become the metaphorical ranger and become this actor. But unfortunately he just 
doesn't achieve that. So it's like I, I was like, well, maybe if I think of this film in this metaphor and that like Will Smith was was working on the story as this this, this metaphor for the relationship he has with his son and his son trying to become an actor like his father. Um, maybe maybe would make the film work better for me. But then I was like, well, in real life, he's failing because this movie's still terrible. So, I mean, I will. I I did want to point out another positive. I think the best thing about this movie is the score. Like, I really think that that's what propels this film, and that's why I really thought that it would be cool if they just had the music and no talking. Um, yeah. would have been a lot more interesting of experience. I think it would have been a lot more of a druggy experience because something about this movie feels like Eb Knight made his drug movie uh, with this. Like he's like, man, I'm going to make my own 2001, you know, like people can drop acid to this or something. Like it just <laughs> felt like a weird – like that's a, that's a, like my approach to this movie. And I don't know if it's just because like I was so just whacked over the head, you know, uh, movie raped with a shovel – from Fast and Furious 6 last week and that I was just expecting something terrible. I don't know, but like my approach to this was just like I mean, if you look at it, this is kind of like a ballsy movie. Like the like who would have nobody would have greenlit this movie and like had the crap in it that it does if it wasn't <laughs> Will Smith. Like well no, but like they it's it's it's, it's 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 like it's an pro- interesting failure almost. No, no, but like, there's but, a lot that's a fail. It's produced by Will Smith and his wife. Like it's, it's yeah, but like come on, dude. If if like Joe Blow actor, like he's not going to get this movie off the ground if he's not you know that has the star power of Will Smith. Yeah, yeah but I'm, I'm but I'm saying it. They green lit it themselves. Like it's not like it's oh not, yeah no, but I mean like, like they, they obviously have to get the money from the studio. Like yeah, yeah, but like they were the ones producing it. They asked the director to direct it. Like it, this is like a, a a this is literally a passion project. And people... no, it totally is a, a vanity project. But you know someone's got to put up the money. But like they they probably went to the studio and was like Will Smith's like look me my son sci-fi and they're just like holy shit like this is gonna be huge obviously it wasn't but i feel like they were trying to like take some some i I would i don't want to say risks but they were trying to do something a little different they're like some of it worked most of it didn't he just walked in was like okay imagine the pursuit of happiness in (laughs) in space with monsters oh studios got a boner already they're like this is gonna be huge they're like will and Jaden, did you know how much a karate kid made this is gonna be ginormous uh like i said obviously it wasn't but it probably make big bucks uh internationally but i um i hope it doesn't i'm sure it will because even big willie's got a huge international audience I think this will this will rake in the bucks either way, but I mean it's well, not. So far, it's only made two million dollars. <laughs> or sorry, almost, well, it probably hasn't opened everywhere yet. Almost three million. Okay, see, it's on its way. Um, <laughs> but honestly, like I said, I mean, you didn't see the host, but I, did uh, I can vouch for you. It was it was awful. It was just probably the worst movie of the year so far. But but I think even even with the host, like you look at that, it's coming from the Stephanie Myers. Uh, property and it's like there's sort of an expect expectation going in that like what you're getting is most likely going to fall on the side of the twilight uh area yeah, of quality. Yeah. Th- this is still 
this was being marketed and budgeted, um, maybe not budgeted, uh, somewhat budgeted, $130 million picture uh, that's supposed to be this sci-fi epic. Like, that's what they want you to believe it's going to be. Um, so it's kind of, it, it's it's hard for me to compare it, A, because I haven't seen the host, and B, because, like, really those, the two properties that we're looking at are kind of attempting to grasp different audiences. Like, one's trying to be like, don't you think it's romantic that this girl has a soul in her and that, like, the soul loves one guy and she loves another guy and then she's torn because the soul's taking her over? Yeah, like, I mean, I'm just going going from sci-fi perspective of recent releases. I mean, I could just sit here and tell you how, you know, it's not as good as Fast and Furious, but that they're not in the same genre. Yeah. But, I mean, John Carter is another example. Like, this movie, I think, is a lot better than that. Mm. I think the CG, I think the, uh, like, the world, the worlds are better looking. Like, I mean, as as bad as the CG creatures are, at least they use, like, actual locations. Oh, yeah, this looks a lot better than, um, than uh, John Carter, for sure. But, I mean, like, the story in John Carter, at least something's happening in it. Yeah, but it was just so bland. I mean, this is this is pretty bland, but there was like other stuff in it to that I was just like, yeah, okay. Like I like I said, it it's almost like an interesting failure. Like they, there's like a lot of weird stuff going on in this movie and there's a lot of stuff that uh I thought could work if it had just been tweaked a little more and wasn't so kind of basic, but uh there is a lot of there is something. There's some. It has a lot more going for it than some of the other big movies this year. Yeah, and, and another thing, real fast, like those the the blades that the Rangers use, they're sort of like nano machine blades that can like kind of take whatever form they want to. So if you have weapons that sophisticated, and you also have like med kits with just toxin, uh, venom, uh, antidote junk, and like all sorts of crazy junk. Why can you not like inject nano machines into your leg to repair your leg, your femur? <laughs> You'd think they'd have some kind of invention that far in the future that would just mend your injuries itself. Yeah, so you'd think that like maybe some Hunger Games Neosporin or something that he could just like <laughs> spread on it to make it fix. Instead of uh, injecting himself with those uh, those little tiny painkillers. Yeah, I like was... how Jaden had to do like a Pulp Fiction style injection. Oh. You know, you know what? Like, okay, some some of the stuff in this film, like the visual symbolism and like his like, I can only assume this is M Night's like intention to like really sell this this like feeling like like the scene where Will Smith wants to take the painkillers and like he just holds looking at them makes you drowsy while oh he's yeah sitting, with like, the symptoms the like, warning oh, label and he has to be like oh well no i can't be drowsy because then my son might get killed by a creature so i have to like <laughs> man up and not take painkillers just so that i can fall asleep anyways constantly because i'm losing all this blood <laughs> i think he i think he took some painkillers when we weren't looking <laughs> he had to have <laughs> he that he was watching his own movie he's just like oh my god i uh, can't handle this all right. Well, oh, I like the I like the weird slow mo at the end. That was I, like, what? I, where did that come I from? I didn't under, like. Yeah, I mean, I get that. Like four years later, after after like <laughs> filming was completely wrapped, he's like, you know what? This scene would probably play better slow mo. 
but yeah, because it, it looked like they did not shoot it in slow motion. Yeah, it, that was done after the fact. It seemed like they were using the trial version of editing software, and it didn't do slow mo. So we just started dropping like five frames here, five frames. It there, seriously looked like there. that. They were like, they were like, you know, at the the uh, the ninth hour editing, and we're just like, you know, what would be better. Let's put this in slow mo. <laughs> it was bad. Yeah, it was it was really weird. Um, once again, that's why I'm thinking like. And I was like, all right, this is the part where people are really going to freak out. I don't know. It was just, it was a, it was a weird choice. Um, there was something else I was going to say about the, oh yeah. Like I kind of appreciated the fact that, you know, even though this was a Smith family venture, really not for kids though. Like there's some violent moments in this movie. Granted, some of them were CGI, but, um, Zoe Kravitz's small role in this film does not end well. I will say, <laughs> uh, um, at least the motivation as to why Jaden is kind of uh, a wimp, uh, to put it nicely. Um, I mean that there's some strong motivation there as to why he's not, you know, full of courage like his yeah. father. It's because he grew up inside of a bubble. He did grow up inside of a bubble, <laughs> which is um, which is really funny if you've seen the movie. Yeah, watching family member get horribly mutilated not a spoiler if only he could ghost <laughs> if only yeah if only she could true well apparently at some point in time she could <laughs> uh, yeah she just didn't though yeah yeah anyways uh do you, have any, do you have any last comments to say about this before we get into our verdict uh no dude but fia is a choice <laughs> Danger is real. Danger but is very real. It's a choice. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Carson, if you're going to put this film on a scale of must-see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must-avoid, where would you place it? You know what? I'd give it a wait for rental. Like, I seriously was not as appalled watching this film as I was last week. And uh, <laughs> I think there's some interesting moments in it. Like I said, the score is really good. It could have been a lot better in terms of some of its uh, conception, but uh, I saw the good and I saw the bad. I, like I said, there's a weirdness to this film that I, is not present in a lot of other movies this year uh, on this scale of, of movies. And uh, yeah, there was there was a lot of stuff that... I like there was a lot of stuff I didn't, but in the end it kind of kind of went split down the middle. I was never bored watching this movie, um, so that was a good sign. But and like I said, M Night, I, I I really hope that he gets back to like doing a smaller film, maybe like a supernatural horror movie. Um, supposedly, you know, get get out of this big budget type of thing. Supposedly and, he's uh, working on Unbreakable too, right? Yeah, I heard that he's gonna maybe finally do that, but I don't know if that'll is it a if that's a good thing or not. Like back after Unbreakable had come out, like right when it came, or you know, a couple years after it came out, like I was really excited about it then. But now I'm a little hesitant. But maybe it'll be a good thing because Unbreakable is my favorite M Night movie by far. I think it's my second favorite behind Signs. Yeah, like I mean, I really, I really dig that movie. Like I, I think that you know he he needs to go back to do a movie like that or Signs or, 
or something. I don't I don't know if Unbreakable Two would be the one, but maybe an original piece. Because like I said, like there he can use like in Signs. There's a there's a a lot of great uh, moments of silence and you know weird sounds and that are really creepy. And I think some of that is on display in After Earth. Um, not as much, obviously, but you know, you got a sense that M Night. There was an M Night in this movie. Uh, in the Last Airbender, it was not at all. <laughs> yeah. In some of his other films, you know, his his vision or not his vision, but his voice was not there. So, at least I was happy to kind of see him back in it a little bit. Cool. Well, uh, I am like. Carson and I swap roles for this week, and uh, I just did not like this film at all. Uh, I found it very, 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 very grating on me, and was almost tempted to just be like, F it and walk out, but then I was like, that's not going to make me able to properly review this film if I bail out partway through. Uh, so I'm giving this a must-avoid, because I would like to have avoided it, because I just didn't like it, but... Uh, Hey, who knows? I I would actually watch if they did like a prequel and it was like the Ursa Ursa Wars or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I I'd, I'd be curious because I think there are just some just watching elements... Will Smith ghost people. Yeah, like the, like Will Smith ghosting people sounds like an awesome film that I'd, I'd actually watch. <laughs> um, I I'd probably go- watch it. I am ghoster. Um, yeah. It like that would be that'd be cool. Like I would watch that, but. This film just did not do it for me. Uh, maybe if they had cast anybody other than Jaden Smith in the main role, it could have been passable. But yeah, I was um, thinking like if they had cast uh, what's her name, Covengine from Beasts of the Southern Wild. <laughs> it's like that would have been good. That actually would have been cool. Or yeah. if if it was just if Will Smith was the Jaden Smith character, and you <laughs> you got to like hear like he was playing the way the way he plays in Men in Black. So he's like, you know, crawling through the wilderness and just like getting mad at like trees that he's getting stuck in and being like, yeah. like, oh, hell no, Baboon's not trying to get me. And there's like a Tommy Lee Jones character stuck in the ship. Yeah, like that That film kind of would have been awesome. That probably would have been pretty fun. I would watch that. Yeah, but, uh, that, that would have been more of like the typical Will Smith blockbuster I feel like they, you know, he was like, I want to change it up. I want to do something a little more dramatic and yeah. not play up like, you know, the Will Smith kind of persona. And for me, that didn't work at all. So. <laughs> and I think that's why uh, nobody really went and saw it. They want to see the Will Smith that, you know, we all know and love. Yeah. Well, on that note, I believe that is the end of our episode for this week. So, Carson, if people want to find you, where can they do that? Uh, you can go to practicalcandy.wordpress.com. Cool. People can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast over at TheSpoilerWarning.com where you can get all the back episodes of the show, including the review that will follow this one in the feed for uh, Now You See Me. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter to figure out when all these episodes go live at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning, or you can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Uh, music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to 
after Earth. So, uh, Carson enjoyed it, so hope you're enjoying it too. And, uh, yeah, that is this review. Thank you for joining me, Carson. Yep, thank you for having me. And, uh, Carson, coming close, because the closer you think you are, the less you're actually going to see, or something like that. Uh, I fell asleep. Morgan <laughs> Freeman style. Well, Abracadabra, we're going to vanish and then return for our review of Now You See Me. Later, everybody.